comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The following clip is brought to you by Happy Fun Ball. Episode 215. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. Um, uh, line. Hey, we got uh, we got someone special on the phone. June Bob Kim, artist extraordinaire. He's going to join us in a half hour wasted to uh, to talk a little bit about um, his I guess family adventure. Is that what we want to call it? That uh, yes. that he underwent just just a while ago. That June hap- Bob, yeah, that will happen as soon as I uh, do my uh, review of the Power Company issue six from September of O two. <laughs> this is episode two fifteen. Of half hour wasted. It's got the green arrow on it. It's a good issue. Um, yes, June Bob is on the phone. Say hi, June. Hello. It's good to have you here. So, Thanks, June, guys. this is you know we're just gonna take our time uh, out of our normal quality programming to bring you something that's a good different point. and even more quality with the human side to it this and, week. Yeah, a poignant I think would be a a good word for this program or so, this a- episode. Long-time listeners of us and of CGS uh, know uh, June Bob Kim. Uh, He's the last of the Asian rednecks. I thought he was the first of the Asian rednecks. Isn't that what your your forum thing said for a long time? That is correct. Last of the Asian rednecks. June Bob is an artist extraordinaire. He should be working for Marvel or DC, and the fact that he's not makes me cringe, especially when I open a current issue of Amazing Spider-Man mm-hmm. just to look to see what I'm missing. Yeah. Would uh, you rather have him do the backstory in the uh, Secret Avengers uh, issues? Or, I'm sorry, no, that's New Avengers, isn't it? I'd rather June Bob be drawing more than half of what I see passing as art today. Interesting. Um, June Bob, uh, how long ago was it, June, that you became a... A full-fledged uh, American citizen. Um, that was uh, almost f- going on five years. Korean. Was it really been five years? Uh, I think so. I think it's been about that time already. I didn't think it was five years, but it's been it's been a while now. So five long, long, boring years. And uh, <laughs> how long have you lived in the states? Uh, I've been here in the United States since 1991. And you were born in Korea, right? Uh, That is correct. South Korea? Uh Uh-huh. The good guys. The good guys. Um, The the side that's actually got food to eat. Yeah, that's true, too. That's what I'm talking about. And uh, did you you and your brother (laughs) come over here at the same same time? 
Uh, did my brother and I come at the same time? Yeah. Oh, actually, uh, let, well, let me do a little correction of my own self. Your, I think your estimate is uh, correct. It was November 2007 is when I became a full-fledged U.S. citizen. Okay, so it's about three and a half years ago. Yes, sir. So did you and your brother come to the States at the same time? Uh, no, he actually had come to U.S. to study uh, two years before I did. Okay. And uh, he ended up in Houston? Nope. Uh, he ended up here in Longview, Texas also. Oh, okay. Now he lives in Houston. And yes. you live in Longview, which is East Texas. Uh-huh. Now, why would you ever move to Houston if you got a nice pad in Longview? Uh, well, he didn't. Uh, you know, he, his own journey took a you know, big turn here and there and eventually led him down to going down to Houston because he found a job that, ah. you know, that was you know, really suited well for him. So, now, what kind of jobs are there in Longview? Um, there's a lot of jobs here in Longview. Um, really? Yep. Uh, Do you have an extra one? <laughs> uh, well, are you an expert at noodling? <laughs> Ooh. I come from Oklahoma, so just watch, <laughs> just watch, where you're, watch what you're saying, dude. We have a lot of creeks here, so and we have a lot of catfish. Creeks, right? So if uh, you know, if noodling is your uh, you know your parte, then you're more than welcome to come down here. So it pays well, then, is what you're getting at. No, it doesn't pay very much other than, you know, catfish probably. But, right. It's kind of like know, this it's podcast. Food. It's food. It's food. Yeah. There you right. go. Hey, well, um, the reason why we had June, June Bob on here was uh, back on March 31st, April 1st, um, June Bob, well, sent out this tweet. I'm looking back at your traffic, uh, June Bob, and the tweet yeah. you put out that day was, my elderly father has been missing for more than five hours now. <laughs> He doesn't speak English, nor is he familiar with the city of Houston. Pray for us. That is what started your adventure that went on for uh, for several days outside Houston or uh, in your area concerning your Houston. You want to give us just a? I wasn't done setting up the the beforehand. Oh, setting okay. Go right picture. ahead, Brad. We <laughs> got all jumped. the time in the world. Frank's obviously got somewhere to be. <laughs> I like to, I like to keep the show there. moving. Frank is concerned for no, so Brad. So Brad's got. How some long back. have you? You and your brother have been trying to get your parents to the States for how long? Uh, well, uh, pretty much as soon as we had gotten established here, the plans were for us to you know, try to unite our family as much as we can. Yes. So uh, several years now? Yes. Since wow. you, can, you can pretty much – it would be safe to say pretty much since 1991. But really in reality, our plans were you – know, if we had a choice and had, had any ability to do so – we would have done it even much earlier when we first left South Korea, uh, and we really did not plan on being ended up stuck on that you know small island, um, that Pacific island that we actually spent uh, you know our teenage years on. Uh, you know that was actually kind of a you know should be, should have been just a stop, but you know we ended up staying there a lot longer. My parents, on the other hand, started you know ended up staying there a lot longer than we had expected. I'm sorry, that's small where island? they were. Yeah, it's called Saipan. Okay. S a i p a n. Yes. It's a pretty uh, geographically significant uh, island out in the Pacific during World War II. They have great a jackets. Of... Yeah. Yes, apparently so. <laughs> and we'll get to that. Why those jackets are cool in a minute. But... Yeah, yeah, and um, and then the uh, yeah, the island was pretty well known since you know during at least during the people you know that were kind of familiar with the World War II and. The vets, obviously, you know, are, are known that. And but it's a 
you know, 14 by five mile island, you know, where I grew up and um, during, you know, since I was 11 until I came to United States. And we were hoping we would, you know, my parents would be able to get out of there a lot longer, a lot earlier than that, but ended up uh, staying. So in the, the, the long and short of it is after several years and several rounds of red tape, you you were finally able to get your your parents over that's here. correct yeah you uh we've we've seen the full you know full fledged uh force of uh the bureaucracy at work and then you know and with uh, some craziness happening um basically took uh, the the papers that i filed uh to invite you know to to be able to obtain permanent residency for my parents paid a lot of money in fees um we filed the paperwork as we were supposed to, you know, followed every single, you know, thing, the procedure that we have, we were supposed to. Um, ended up with the clerical error on the uh, on the the government side. The paperwork that should have taken within two years to be processed took, uh, you know, basically all this time. Um, wow. Just out of curiosity, and and you know you'd have to mention this, but uh, how much money does it cost to get someone into the country? Okay, well, um, it depends. Do they swim well? Are they willing to <laughs> swim for the creek? Dude, that's a that's a long swim from uh, from no. an island. Uh, yeah, no. Um, it, how much do you really, make a year? Yeah, <laughs> the uh, the immigration process. Uh, it really depends, uh, and you know, and I only know this because I've gone through the paperwork process a little bit. Fees are constantly changing, but uh, if I, you know, because I did the paperwork myself and did not get an uh, immigration uh, immig- immigration lawyer involved uh, in inviting my parents, because you know, and and to do my paperwork a long time ago, we spent you know quite a bit of money with the lawyer and the immigration, you know, itself. Um, just to do, you know, keep us legal in the, you know, in the country. Um, for my paperwork, for my parents, uh, basically it took per person, I would say about 3500 just in the fees. Okay. Wow. Um, now, do you think, do you need to have a lawyer to, um, um, to become or, or is using a lawyer just make things easier? No, making, using a lawyer uh, can Sure enough, I mean, if a person doesn't understand, um, can't, you know, doesn't want to go through and read through like a 400-page document, literally, to, you know, to be able to, get, uh, you know, make sure that every I's are dotted and, you know, T's are crossed, right? Um, if you don't, you know, if you want to kind of take the chance yourself, you know, you, I don't think a lawyer is a necessity, but if you don't speak the language, if you're not, you know, familiar a lawyer, you know, lawyers can definitely, you know, enhance the experience. And, gotcha. you know, they they already, they've done this thing many times, supposedly. And so, you know, they could ease the process. But they will add, you know, easily additional 2500 per person. Okay. So could you save a lot of money uh, just using LegalZoom? No, Which no, I did not that. get to uh, use Mr. Sapiro's website, no. Oh, Okay. No, we we just I went straight to the uh, U.S. government's website and you know followed the uh, instructions there laid out. There's a lot of crazy places on Saipan, like uh, Micro Beach and Invasion Beach and Absolutely. Suicide Cliff Cliffs. and Country That's Club where... Beach and Pow Pow yeah. Beach and Sugar King Park and uh, um, I think my favorite uh, Bird Island. That's awesome. Yeah. Maybe not That's as a... awesome as Forbidden Island. 
But why, <laughs> why, why was Forbidden Island forbidden, by the way? I don't, uh, I don't get that. <laughs> forbidden Island is uh, yeah. it's a, it's a lot more difficult to get through, you know, get to. Okay. Even the Bird Island is a small remote island. Um, basically, an entire that that entire little isle uh, is covered by bird poop. <laughs> that's um, why. That's oh. why huh? <laughs> um, that's the because, um, uh, because that's actually like a commodity. Bird poop. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. That's not. He's not. You know, Frank's not kidding. Yeah. I thought he was. They make uh, incredible fertilizer between the okay the mix of uh, bird poop, I guess, and. Um, uh, limestone that the islands are built out of. Uh, huh. Yeah, they make pretty good, uh, you know, unique uh, fertilizer of some sort. Wow. That, from what I understand. Yeah, which no, apparently is not used on Forbidden Island. <laughs> that, that place looks pretty desolate. I, I, I would, I would think you'd want to call it like a void island, just because of yeah. all the bird poop. Oh yeah, yeah. forget, forget, uh, yeah, forget, um, you know, forget Forbidden. I want to yeah. avoid that place. So where, where in uh, Saipan were you guys? Uh, we, uh, you know, it's, it's a pretty small place. You don't, you know, we moved around, oh, around. Mean, San Roque, San, were you in San oh. Antonio, Saipan? Yeah, we had, at one point we had lived in San Antonio. Uh, okay, that's confusing. We also lived in Garapan area. Or did you go to a bunch of Spurs games uh, in uh, San Antonio? Because <laughs> there's nothing else to do there. That's excellent, yeah. That's a weird no, place in the Alamo. Just, yeah, it was way before they, yeah, even before, you know, the Alamo wasn't there, you know. <laughs> The big old shopping mall wasn't there either. So. Okay. <laughs> was the river walk there? Yeah. No, oh, yeah. It well, was before river walk. It, also. It's more like the Pacific Ocean Walk, which is like yeah. three thousand miles from side to side. So, fairly impressive, if you ask me. So, right. how, why did y'all, when you finally were able to get your parents over, how did you come to the decision that they would live with your brother in Houston instead of you? Um. Well. Um. Well, this is the part that's a little bit difficult, you know, because. Uh, Really, my parents have uh, Houston has a better community, a Korean community than uh, than Longview. Considering Longview does not have a Korean community, okay. you um, are the Korean community. Yeah, I am the Korean community, and even then, I'm you know I'm a redneck, you know. So, all right, man. You know, it's not like I live a very uh, traditional Asian you know lifestyle. Um, so, all in all, the first decision we made was. Um, you know, for, you know, for my parents to basically be down there with Juan uh, because, you know, immediately such things as simple things like, you know, Korean food, you know, a few of the things like Korean food, yeah. you know, it's readily available down there in Houston. You know, it is not up here. So. Hey, were you telling me about the Super H Mart? Was that you? Yeah. Dude, we, uh, we went about, uh, about a month ago and were okay. transfixed by it. Awesome. Was, have you guys ever have, have either of you two? Yes, I have been. To, yeah. yeah, it's it's in Richardson. Um, That's right. The oh, the, oh, the one I'm talking about was in Carrollton. Yeah, okay. yeah, Carrollton. The one in Carrollton. There's, yeah. there's one in Richardson too, and you can. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's usually a, where I go to get my curry. Of that's all the places. place we yeah, go eat after there that one go. con. Mm. And, yes, and uh, that's right. Hong Didn't Hong thought, talk us out of it? <laughs> yeah, he talked us out of it because right. he, he thought we we wouldn't be able to just sit there and hang out. No, that was that would like, you're done eating. You get up. It would have been fine, I think. <laughs> no, the snack corners. I like the food there. Hong wanted a more, more of a you know better presentation of what you know Asian. Oh, okay. He oh, so that's really what want. Of a more Asian, you know, setting would be. And he didn't want uh, squid, and dog meat, and, and insects. Okay. <laughs> no, that's those fair. are actually delicacies. So those are the things that you would get at the restaurant, and you know, snack corners you get, you know, 
you know, silly things like just normal noodles and stuff. Yeah, dude, super. Uh, um, Sash had the uh, the best wontons she's ever had. <laughs> thanks to the yep. Super H Mart. We had um, uh, we went over there specifically for the produce, which is kind of amazing. I mean, you know, the strawberries were like a buck sixty nine a quart, you know, as opposed to three eighty eight at the freaking Walmart, and you know, it's just you know, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, you can get oranges for like five for a buck. I mean, it's it's wild. I mean, how does Super that- H Mart do it? And why do they let white people in? Because <laughs> that seems like some kind of state secret, you know? It's yeah. like we're, we're selling it this cheaply, but it's because we don't let the white people in. Yeah. But no, there well, were a few people in there. Well, they tried, but then they found out that there's this thing called no segregation law, you know? Oh, well. And, uh, oh, well, you know. <laughs> that that yeah, whole area of Carrollton, they're, they're located in what used to be kind of like a mall area. Yeah, it used to be a big... Uh-huh. But it's been kind of transfixed yeah. into this... Um, yeah. I don't know if it's all Korean, but just maybe an Asian conglomeration. Yeah, right around that center. You, usually you will find Korean uh, stores and shops will you know will pretty much stay together right. so most of those you will find are korean stores uh, yeah i had some uh i had some sushi there i guess it was, uh, that wasn't yep. a korean place but there was a sushi restaurant there i i, I belong to this club uh where we try different ethnic foods all right in the dallas area we had that like six months ago we well, were that's, there. A, that's a club i'm not gonna be joining anytime <laughs> soon <laughs> it's fun Car- right. uh, caribbean food stinks though Mm. You don't like jerk? Oh, man. You don't like, yeah. yeah that's we what had oxtail say. soup. And, uh, yeah. Gross. No, actually, that is, ah, well. Really? It, it's one of those things that you would have to taste before you. you okay, it, the, right. the, the, the taste was there. Is it musky? But, but, but it was, someone let me taste theirs because I didn't get it. Okay. I got, like, the jerk chicken, and that was just like, oh, it was terrible. Really? But the soup was gamey. And, uh, I'm like, <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't realize I, I still had music playing. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. Let me no, just, uh, the, uh, no the, the way we cook the uh, oxtail soup, we almost call it a bone marrow soup, uh, okay. where you basically marry out, marrow out the uh, the soup, you know, by wow. boiling like for about three days, and um, it's it's actually milk. It comes out in you know almost like a milky color. Okay, um, the one uh, I had was brothy. Was more yeah, it's, of a it's brothy very, look. Yeah, the broth that comes out of it is is like that, but it's very different. It's very different from Caribbean the way that the Caribbean's you know style would have cooked it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's it probably is an acquired taste. A lot yeah. of those things, you know, it is an acquired taste. Yeah. So, all right, let's get back to the tragedy. All right, tragedy. No, so no, there's no such thing. Your your parents had been how long had they been in the states at your brother's for? What, uh, a month, they had maybe? been probably about. Tw- a little two and a half, a little two less and than two months. and a half months. Okay, and so one day, your dad, mm. uh, and at this point, you still hadn't seen him, had the chance to see him s- since they got to the states. That's that right? correct. Right. We have been, um, we have been um, trying to ever since you know they had gotten there. Uh, my brother had gotten really busy, and I I was really busy, and we were trying to prepare the house. You know, we just come out of the, we were doing a pretty big spring cleaning um mom and dad there's you know certain some circumstances that kept it well that prevented me from going down immediately once they got there uh those are some personal you know personal things that were going on down there in houston um and so it kind of kept me from being able to come down immediately and we were uh, we were kind of looking at the circumstances and trying to figure out the best time for me to come uh you know so that i can see him not only see him but you know bring him up 
here to Longview and, you know, stay with me for a little bit, you know, um, you know, and simply because I had not seen them since um, our, um, uh, my wife and I did a kind of a revamp, you know, a ceremony, our wedding ceremony, but it wasn't like the, our wedding day. It like was actually renewing like your vow. Renewing our vow ceremony that we did two years after we had gotten married. So um, that time, and you know, and we only did that because my parents could not come at the time that we were getting married. And so they decided, you know, when they were able to make it, you know, they they were able to, you know, we decided to have kind of a ceremony. So that was that was about that was about a little more than ten years ago. Yeah. So I was thinking on one of your tweets, you had said something about you hadn't seen your dad for twelve years. Yeah, and the twelve years, I I had remember that because I, I thought about it, and then later on when I uh, someone corrected me, my you know, it, in fact I think it was my parents that said, hey, you know, that was uh, ten years ago because I was thinking. Scholar, my son's age, right, and that they hadn't seen him, but when he was a little little one, and then when I, you know, come to think of it, it was, uh, it was at the, you know, renewing of the vow ceremony. All right, so, so you, yeah, that was it was ten years. Ten, you hadn't seen your parents in ten years. No, I had not been able to make it back home because my circumstances were a little bit different than my brother. Uh, you know, he he does not have a child, uh, so he and his wife had visited my parents, and in between that time, even. Since I come to United States to go to college, I had not made it back home to uh, see, you know, to be able to see him. Uh, circumstances just did not allow me to do it. Um, and then uh, my brother had seen them, you know, several times in between that time uh, because he even went back and lived with them for a little bit um, since he had first come to United States. So, you know, so him they had seen a couple of times, you know, several times. Myself, I have not seen them until you know they were able to come make it for the renewing of the vow ceremony. So, Frank, what day was it that Let's that see. we got that that you got that tweet? So the first day, well, it doesn't break it down a tweet. It just not, it says nine days ago, which was thirty, which I believe the first was April first. What day was it? It was thirty nine. Yeah, I think it's the March thirty ninth is the day. Did March was 39th? that my March thirty first? Thirty first. I mean, yes. Yeah. So okay, so it was the day before. Uh, April, April Fools, Fools, which was unfortunate yeah. because right. I'm yes. sure some people looked at that and just kind of thought, "Well, that's a weird joke." Yeah, but uh, it wasn't. Yes. Yeah. Well, that is, in fact, as I was right, sending out that uh, tweet, I was I was very aware of that fact, mm -hmm. and uh, I was like, "But really, they wouldn't think that this would be a joke." And uh, a couple of people actually. Plus, your sense of humor is not that smart. Uh, that is correct too. That is correct. You still haven't um, mastered the whole. American sense of humor thing, and we're no. you know we're working with you on that. That's that's correct. That's correct. Um, and uh, the uh, when I you know when I basically tweeted that out, I was I was kind of concerned that some people may think that it was a joke, and um, some people even actually asked me uh, <laughs> if I were you know if this was an April Fool's joke. So was, and, uh, did he go missing that day or the day before? On Thursday evening, um, one of the things that my parents. Uh, wanted to do and since they had uh they used to own a little shop and I, all that back home but now that they had come here you know the change was pretty abrupt for him you know and then some other circumstances being uh you know my father himself being a man that had worked all his life even when he was young you know um you know he was kind of having a hard time adjusting you know to the whole change of things um so only solace that he kind of had was to be able to you know take an you know evening stroll out there 
And um, about 10 years ago when he was diagnosed with uh, diabetes, on the early stages of it, um, he started walking fanatically. Um, and then he has been able to manage his diabetes and then by with a controlled diet and you know exercising every day, he's been able to maintain his diabetes without any you know complications or any you know medication you know of any type. So, um, so he you know that's one thing he does you know pretty fanatically. Um, and but uh, the way my brother's neighborhood is and so forth, you know, um, the surrounding is a pretty kind of tricky area especially considering my father does not, you know, he's not aware, you know, he's not very familiar with the, you know, surrounding at all. And the way, you know, townhomes are lined up, man, you know, I've been down there, you know, many times and I still, you know, I still kind of get turned around sometimes, you know, in those neighborhoods with townhomes. They look, you know, they all look alike. Yeah. You know, it's like so, a uh, collection of flats in uh, England yeah. or something. So this uh, wasn't the first time that he had gone out for a, an evening stroll. No, it was not a first time that he had gone out for an evening stroll, and it's actually, unfortunately, it's not the first time he had kind of gotten himself lost. Well, what was different um, about, you mean since he's been here? Yes. Oh. And uh, he had uh, he had gotten himself kind of lost, but not severely, you know, not very far, not very long. I mean, we were able to immediately find him, you know, um, he had, you know, a couple of times, but it was, you know, it was, it was evident that, you know, he was going to get lost. So we, you know, we had plead, you know, pled with him to just please, you know, just do the circle around this area. You know, I've done this over the phone with him. My brother has been, you know, pleading him. My mother, you know, normally she goes out with him and, you know, he's able to kind of do this thing. Um, unfortunately, this one night, he, uh, this evening, um, before, while mom was getting ready to go to, you know, go out, you know, go walking with him, he decided he was going to kind of get an early start. Now, are we talking about the this the time he got lost, or this the first? Yes, time? this this uh, this time, okay. this time around. So I don't and, get. Uh, does does she walk a lot faster than him? No, he walks a lot faster than her. Okay. My mom had a back surgery uh, only about five years ago. Okay. So yes, uh, she walks a lot slower than he does. But so he wanted to kind of get some exercise in, I'm presuming. Uh, we don't know the exact reason, but he kind of he kind of stepped out a little bit earlier. And he, if you see him even now, you know, when he exercises, he, he walks really fast and uh, he walks and he gets ahead and then he kind of comes back and, you know, grabs mom so that he can get his exercise in and then walk with mom to kind of almost like a cool down area, you know, a cool down stage. Um so he left the house without her, and then she started looking for him. And uh, he he's kind of forgetful. He you know he does have you know uh, we believe he has a slight you know early stages of Alzheimer's. Um, he's been forgetful with a lot of stuff, and he has numbers, phone numbers. He has a sketch uh, like a little notebook with phone numbers and all that he always carries on his person. Um, he did take that with him, but he did not take his ID with him okay or his wallet so um he started venturing out and then uh towards the he left around seven o'clock and when he did not return within 30 minutes um you know we were all beginning to get pretty concerned so i mean you know what'd you do at that point did you did you just sit there and and wait a little longer or did you say you know let's let's just go take a look uh well, there's not that not... one was a better thing to do than the other. Sure. I, I can't no, no. imagine 
not you know being in that situation and not knowing what what to do. Um, because we had you know because he was discovered and found a couple of times, he had actually even walked to like a store previous time and caught, borrowed someone's phone and called my brother and said, "Hey, I'm at Walmart. Come pick me up." Okay, so um, he had done that in the past. He did not do that this time, of course. And it didn't, you know, when the thing kind of started passing, um, my brother thought he would be back pretty soon. So he actually started uh, kind of looking for him and didn't find him. And by the time they realized, wow, I think he may really be lost and it's very dark, uh, they called me and told me around 9 o'clock. Um, and so at that point uh, – I, 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 you know, pleaded him to go ahead and start the search again, uh, start driving around, asked him to go ahead and leave mom at the house. Uh, and then I, I called the uh, sheriff's department <clears throat> and um, to go ahead and basically report that, you know, of my father missing. So, um, you know, a few hours had passed, but then, you know, by that time, you know, the authorities had gotten involved too. So, is that the last you heard of it, and then you went to bed, and then you called your brother in the next morning? No, no, we stayed uh, pretty much in contact because I, you know, the authorities. I'm the one that contacted the authorities, right. though I gave my brother's information down there. Uh, you know, I kept up checking on, you know, in on him throughout the evening, and of course, uh, there was nothing that happened. And of course, you know, the authorities had to do their thing, and that's, you know, they had to. Um, they have to, of course, follow the procedure, and procedure in such instances are to investigate to make sure that there's no foul play, um, investigate that there's, you know, that he may not be maybe, you know, stuck in an area in the house that nobody's, you know, care to look possibly or, you know, and so they did first of, you know, first of those things, and then they started the procedure of, you know, filing for some uh, missing persons. <laughs> so tell us again the day he went out, what day of the week was it? It was a Thursday evening. Thursday. And so was it Friday that you started posting on Twitter and Facebook? Yeah, I, I did. I, I, be, I thought I had to, you know, posted on Thursday evening. You may have. Yeah, because that five-hour statement was right. on Thursday night. I was getting pretty concerned, and I, you know, I, I kind of posted that a little bit. Um, and I wanted some people to you know, start praying you know, for, you know, for my dad. Um, I, I didn't like the idea, particularly the idea that he was outside, out in the wild. You know, it, you, even though he has, you know, he didn't have any money with him, right? No money on him. Yeah. He speaks. He he speaks just. You know, he speaks just enough English to be dangerous. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, and then you know, there are areas that are even though he's once my brother's house is surrounded by businesses and so forth and people, there are just enough patches of woods around his area also. So I, I just did not like the idea of him um, possibly spending the night out in the open, in the cold. You know, evenings were still getting chilly enough. So, In, um, in retrospect, now, now that we know where he, uh, he's home now, safe and stuff like that, where yes, was sir. he sleeping? He was sleeping in the woods. Okay. Does, did he... Is he only just now remembering all these kinds of details, or was he able uh, to no, tell you he, that? No, he, he, was, he was able to share enough information the day that we found him. Um, he, he wasn't incoherent or anything like that when he was found. So there wasn't, you know, that, you know, he did, you know, he did tell us a lot of, uh, I mean, he was pretty lucid, you know. He was able to, you know, tell us a lot of the details. So 
He went out for a walk Thursday night. Sunday night, they finally found him. Sunday morning, we so, found That's right, Sunday yeah. morning. Yes. That that had to have been the longest two and a half days of your life. Um, yeah, I think so. That Basically, um, I was keeping in contact with my brother. I finally laid down around uh, 2 o'clock in the morning, Thursday, and I called him at 6 o'clock. I was up, but I was trying to let him sleep a little bit. At uh, 6 o'clock when I called him, he said there's still no news from the police. And so then I told him at that point that I said, I really think I need to come down. So he said, man, are you going to get in trouble with work and stuff? I'm like, you know, really? I mean, at this point, you know, screw that, right? Right, exactly. um, I hopped in the car, I bagged, you know, I put my bags together and I hopped in the car and I started driving down. How long does it take you to drive to Houston? Um, It took me four hours. Uh, I know my friends have told me that they... Were you a little bit of a Richard Petty on the highway there? No, I... (laughs) No, I I, I kept the speed limit, okay? One thing we learned is that um, last thing I want to do is be in a rush and... um, and then not help sure. the situation, right. okay? Honestly speaking, so uh, I drove the speed limit uh, to you know pretty so much. This was Friday morning. That's correct, Friday okay. morning. And then as soon as I got there, uh, by that time uh, the detectives had uh, printed up a missing persons uh, flyer. So as soon as I got there, um, I took my uh, my mom, who hasn't seen me in ten years. We got over that real quick because we wow. had you know business on hand right mom, son, so, son, mom. i know and so then we i picked up the brochure and i said hey um let's go ahead and round up some um some you know volunteers or helpers that we can find so my brother contacted his church uh some people came out um they were able to tend to my mom who's you know who's not in the you know best of health uh some ladies stayed with her uh and then some of the men you know uh were on their way so then we made you know duplicates you know we made about 500 flyers on the first day uh, 200 flyers on the first day then we uh gave it out to people and had them hit the neighborhood areas and posted them and my brother and i first thing we did is started hitting the uh, business areas um and then um down all all along down of uh, highway six around my brother's uh, residential area we went ahead and started hitting the businesses talked to them put up the flyers and stuff and um and then we you know we just basically started our search and uh each night pretty much um uh, my routine was uh search uh come 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 to the house around t- you know one to two o'clock uh lay down for a little bit wake up take a shower four o'clock i was up out of the house you know resuming the search i mean so, you only get about four hours of sleep a night anyway right that's correct Wow! So, thank goodness. No, not not joking. I mean, that's just the way you. Yes. Work. Um, looking at, at your tweets, there's one where there was a report of him eating at Whataburger, which uh, yeah, you said was about, about twenty that. miles from the house. Twenty miles—that's substantial. Well, here's the deal. Uh, the 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 Whataburger is a local burger place. Yeah, in Texas. that. Let, yeah, the bit of uh, news. First news report that we got was that. My father was cited um, that uh, some people have seen, you know, seen the news and they called in and said, hey, he was here uh, and, you know, was seen at this Whataburger eating something. So we were like, wow, you know, I guess somebody 
bought him a meal because we knew he didn't have any cash on him, right? And so, but twenty then, miles away. Yeah, it was. Um, it de- depending on how he got there, it could have been as short as fifteen miles. But it okay? was. Do you but, know if that actually was well, really him or not? We know it was not. Okay. I mean, because in the end, he was only found what four and a half miles away. Yes. Direct distance, four and a half. Okay. But he was lost in the woods, so we knew he traveled a lot longer. He had no sense of direction. Right, so. sure. I mean, he could have wandered in circles. Absolutely. So, um, but then... Because, uh, you know, all Korean old men look alike, right? Yeah. And that's why, Sadly, they thought, that's why they thought he was there 20 miles away. Well, this is, the, this is the problem that I, you know, one of the things that I noticed, okay, that was blatantly realistic, you know, I mean, like, real to me when I did this process, because we were spreading... As soon as we heard the news, then we had to widen the search, right? So we got more copies of the flyers. We're hitting up businesses now in a much right, you know, bigger uh, radius, right? And um, I st- at the Whataburger, we went and reconfirmed the story. The detectives went and confirmed the story, tried to confirm the story. They didn't have a video, you know, so recording, so they couldn't really confirm visually themselves. And then uh, we went there with a picture of my the jacket that my father was wearing. And the lady that said that was working that saw him, sure enough, told me that, yeah, you know, it, that's him. You know, that is him. So we went next door to the gas station that was right there. Uh, I walked in and I showed the guy my da- father's, you know, picture on the brochure and the, with a flyer. We were talking to him and he looked at it and he said, yeah, he was here yesterday. And I was like, really? And then the guy's like, yeah, man, he's in here all the time. Mm. And then we were like, oh, my gosh, you know, <laughs> this guy's not. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't recognize it because sir. there's no way my father can be there all the time because right. you know he he's just you know he it's out of his range he doesn't travel except on you know in cars with my brother you know and it's not even a gas station my brother you know really frequently uses you know at all and it's the the reality is my father he did not see my father but you know and that and that's interesting how people perceive what yeah. they think they they saw i mean just this morning i was getting my morning groceries yeah. and i went to my grocery store and the woman at the checkout went oh you're back again yeah and um i was like um you know and i thought she meant just shopping there and she goes well, weren't you here this morning you go no I, this is my first time here so she you know it's just funny how yeah. we half pay attention to things yeah and we think we see things so you know. know obviously people thought they saw your father and just made a mistake so at this point on on friday how are you keeping track of where you've already been uh we keep track of it because we were pretty clear on what we did i mean the the way his uh his his area is uh is laid out and it and it's not like we had hundreds of volunteers so it's not like you know we're overstepping there's you know each other's deal i mean the the help that we had it was pretty clearly that you know that some specific area that we asked them for you know help for and then they were gone so um you know it was between my brother and i and then a friend of ours some friends uh, of ours has showed up they live in longview they have family in houston so they actually heard the news they came out and they helped out with the search uh, some on friday night and then you know uh, we had a pretty clear strategy on what we were doing and so, you know, it wasn't hard to go and, you know, know exactly where we've been um, and where we've been with the brochures and stuff. Um, and then on Saturday, after, towards the morning, 
when we talked to the detective, the deputy that was uh, assigned, it's her name is Deputy Hughes, and we owe her much thanks because I know that she really, you know, she really took this, you know, to heart, and you know, she was very helpful, and I know she, you know, she was searching for him like, you know, he was her own, you know, relative and kin. So um, she told us, hey, there is a person that I should, you know, you should contact, and they work for the what uh, Laura Recovery Center. Uh, it's a foundation that was set up by a person that had lost their young one, and they specifically, um, you they you basically take up volunteers and set up mobile stations, you know, command centers to, to aid in the search of uh, missing children. It's primarily been their uh, their forte, and then now they also help out with uh, you know missing elderly. So um, on oh, Saturday, yeah, I'm sorry. No, Go ahead. okay, continue. Yeah, Saturday afternoon we were put in contact with them, and they had come out and set up a station, you know, command center. We met them. You know, she was a lot more experienced than you know doing the search, and she was trying to round up the, uh, you know, more of the volunteers in Houston area to go ahead and you know help out with the search. However, my father could not have gotten himself lost in the worst of time in Houston because that weekend was the Final Four. Was down at Houston. Um, that's the you know I didn't know what that was, but someone had informed me that's like the, the pretty big deal in the uh, basketball NCAA NCAA basketball thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Bill's giggling, he's smiling at you, he's laughing yeah. at you. Yeah, because I uh, think this is really funny. You know, <laughs> I I didn't know. I mean, basketball is just something that I don't follow so at all. So I had no idea. But then there was, you know, and there was other events, some pretty big events that were going on down in Houston. So we had a hard time. We had struggled to keep that news alive, even on the front page. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then you know, and then a lot of the volunteers were out of town because of the kind of the nice, you know, spring slash summer weather. So. You know, we really could not get any volunteers other than the ones that we could find from my brother's church. So on Saturday, we had a pretty limited spread, but it was good to be put in contact with them because they knew what they were doing. And, you know, a lot of the advantages came from that, you know, getting them involved. So by the time that sun was setting on Saturday evening, we were, you know, I was getting pretty discouraged. And, um, you know, they they did say, hey, on Sunday morning at nine o'clock, we're going to resume the search. And we're going to have a lot more volunteers. And then once entire church, um, as soon as the service was over, they were going to come out. So, you know, we had those things in queue also. Um, you, let's see, um, it said that uh, in your tweets you had some some canine units uh, yeah. working on it. Um, yeah, they brought the canine units. Uh, and because of the sighting of the, you know, sighting reported, were you know of my father they uh the canine units came out with the expert um they started trying to you know find a trace and some kind of a direction you know where he might have gone and traveled and the dogs have found a some strong scent right around the area of highway six and clay road uh, if anybody looked at the mat in houston and how far um, is that from that that is about i would say Three miles, four miles from, okay. uh, you know, from that. Not in the same direction where he was found, but uh, it's probably near to the area where he had gone, uh, gotten in the woods. So they were probably picking up some, you know, strong scent. So did you guys have a bunch of? Uh, did you guys have a bunch of jindos imported, or uh, were you using American dogs? Uh, no, no jindos. Uh, really, they were, um, they were, uh, you know, highly qualified, you know, training, you know, good old American, you know. Canines. 
I didn't even get to see him. We were asked, family members were asked to go ahead and stay away from the area whenever the dogs are out. Uh, even though the dogs are trained, um, anybody who's been in contact and has a similar scent can actually throw off the dog's scent. Yeah. So we kept my father's clothing for mm. the dogs to smell isolated in a bag, you know, even. And then we were asked not to be around that area, especially when the dogs were out. Well, I mean, Jindos are hunting dogs. I don't get what the problem is here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think we could get them FedExed in time. You know, for right. you know, for them to aid aid in the search. Now, fair enough, I guess. But didn't he didn't he say that they had a, an actual lead? Yeah, let's see. Uh, two two canines have have found a relatively fresh yeah. uh, trail Scent, heading yeah. on Highway Six. That's correct. Um, how about your dad's um, physical state, food and water, and yeah. things of that nature? So we're talking two and a half days now. Uh, how yeah. did he eat? How did he drink? Uh, well, come to find out. Well, it later on when we found them, I did the calculation. It was exactly three days that you know when he was found. Um, uh, and then when we looked at him, was it? Oh, was it three days? Oh, I guess two and well, a half. If, if it was Thursday yeah. night, it would have been Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday morning. Said so like two and a half days. Yeah, two and a half days. Uh, he had not eaten or drank anything, you know, drunken anything. Uh, that was one thing that my father said. Hunger, he said he could, re- you know, he could understand, but he said the thirst was, you know, what's really, what was really killing him. And wow. there were, uh, even though, and ironically, the area that he was in, the woods were the reservoir area, mm-hmm. you know, to a day, you know, nearby dam area. This is the whole area that gets flooded if, the, you know, if it rains. And there, there are patches of you know like little patches of you know water uh but he didn't find any of that um the area that he was stuck in um he didn't find any of that so and uh come to find out the first day and second day he didn't venture out very far from where he was in the woods where he had fallen asleep the first night um he, to his recollection unfortunately he he thought he left the house with my brother and my mother for a walk um when he woke up he said that you know he realized that my mother and my father you know my brother weren't there so he thought that they had gotten lost and he was trying to go ahead and go out to you know find help for them and so he tried to remember that area that he was at so he didn't venture out too far uh from what i understand and then um by the third day uh the on the after the third you know, having spent the third evening or the second evening, right, um, because he was gone three nights, I believe, spent three nights out in the wild. And then um, he he had kind of realized that, you know, uh, you know, they might actually be lost because he can't see them anymore. And he kind of lost some track of time. And he decided that, you know, he started digging around the roots of the trees um, to see if there were some moisture and water that he could get. And there wasn't any water coming out. Uh, And then finally, he found a little, um, little water, a little dampness around the tree area. And he said he did finally dig around there. And it wasn't a lot of water, but uh, some mud, uh, you know, muddy water kind of came up a little bit. So he knew that he he thought, you know, he couldn't drink that for sure. But what he did was he took the mud and put it around his in his mouth so he can get the moisture out. 
and then he sped out the mud. Um, and he did that a little several times. And um, that's about the extent of the water that he had. And, of course, there was no food. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, after on the second evening, he had encountered a human being in the woods. He saw that the human being was approaching, but at first he was trying to uh, yell out. And, of course, his voice was uh, you know, dry and he couldn't really uh, cry out to him and all or anything like that. And, oh, uh, man. And then he realized that the person was carrying a shotgun. So hmm. then he said, uh, I should probably be careful. And he kind of went into hiding a little bit. And sure enough, he said, that, you know, the guy shot off like three shots. So he didn't know whether they were hunting. We don't know whether there was a hunter or there are some private properties that are also connected to the reservoir area. And so wildlife preserve and, you know, reservoir area. So it could very well have been possible that a, you know, private a person was trying to keep uh, other people out of their property too. So the so, uh, the poor guy thought he'd all of a sudden uh, shown up in the most dangerous game, huh? Yeah, and so you know, then he he went into hiding further, even further at that point. But then on yeah, three shots, and Sunday morning, he um, he finally said, "Look, I, there's no way that I'm going to survive. I'm not going to be of any help to them, to my brother and mom. You know, if he can't find any help." So he said, "I just um, he noticed that there were some." fast-moving lights, you know, quite far away the night before. And so when he got up, he started, um, on Sunday morning, he started just, you know, making it out as, you know, as hard as he could towards the, towards what basically he presumed was the road. So. Okay. So did he just go hang out on the road? I mean, um, how did they, uh, how did no, they literally find him? He stumbled out onto the road, um, and he was holding onto those railing, because there was pretty narrow, there wasn't very wide area for him to walk, okay. and a police officer had uh, passed by, and he said, you know, a cop, a car passed him, and then the guy, you know, the cop stopped. Uh, he was pretty delirious. He couldn't, he didn't think about like waving down any first car that he saw. You know, cars were moving pretty fast on the road that he was found. Okay. So um, he saw a car pull up, pass him, and pull up ahead. And then the guy that stepped out was a policeman, and you know he uh, he waved him, waved him you know towards him and said, "Hey, come over here." And he set him down. He gave him a bottle of water, and then he pulled out my dad's flyer, and then showed him a picture of his own fly, you know of himself. Mm, and said, hey, wow! Looking for you. So then, then my father knew. Oh my gosh! You know people have been looking for me. You know, and so. Um, then the policeman had actually carried my father up the road a little bit further. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm presuming he did that because the roadside was pretty dangerous, and EMTs were headed down towards the location, so they found the nearest area where they could kind of pull over, and it was in front of a neighborhood, uh, you know, a gated neighborhood. So they kind of put him, you know, they had parked there, and, and so, you know, that's where, you know, they had basically, they were beginning to treat him. Okay, so for dehydration, um, what uh -huh. are, are there any meds he needs to take daily? Nah, I mean, you know he takes uh, some some vitamin and uh, one medication for uh, kind of to f uh, prevent the symptoms of the Alzheimer disease, mm -hmm. and uh, we um, so that was the main thing. You know, some of the medication. He's fortunate enough he didn't have to be on insulin. You know, insulin for you know diabetes or any of that. So. Uh, surprisingly enough, without having eaten or drank anything in that time, the vitals were very good. The okay, vitals good. were very good. Um, 
So, so, yeah, son, yeah. so when the reunion happened, when they found him, you got the call, hey, we found well, your dad. This is a story that I got to tell you guys, and I told Brad just, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you if you'd. If you'd it's, uh, Sunday morning was a pre eventful morning. Um, Sunday morning, I got up at 4 o'clock again, and uh, I was resuming the search. And, uh, you know, I was about to make another uh, about, you know, a thousand uh, copies. Um, of the uh, the new brochure that the Laura, you know, recovery center had printed for me, and um, I had gone down to, you know, when the sun was coming up, I stopped by um, Kinko's, and you know, I was gonna make some copies. I thought it was 24 hours. Well, this Kinko's doesn't open till nine o'clock on Sunday morning, and I was, I was pretty distraught, you know, because nine o'clock, I didn't know whether there was gonna be hundred people or you know, 20 people were gonna show up, but there were gonna be people showing up, and I needed to make more brochures and. These places were closed on Sunday morning, right? So I was pretty distraught, and um, I just, you know, resumed the search, you know, in driving back, you know, back and forth. And there were um, there were seven of my, uh, there were five of uh, guys from my work uh, were driving down. They left the house around five o'clock in the morning to come help with the search on Sunday morning, and then you and uh, Bill and Brad were heading down, of course, too. To help with this, you know, search on Sunday morning too, and so, and then there were a lot of other people uh, from Houston area that were coming out to, you know, come help. Um, so I was driving a little bit, and um, you know, I one of the things was that going down there, um, I told myself, and you know, with the help of some people that had prayed over me and stuff, I said, you know, I don't want to ever speak during the entire time until the time that I find my father. There will be no doubt in my mind that he will be found and i did not allow myself to speak anything negative about the situation no doubt right and so um entire time i you know i i didn't allow myself and i had to be strong and um on sunday morning i was getting pretty discouraged um that was already the third night he spent out in the wild you know open um you know i was getting pretty discouraged and um you know i was getting pretty emotional because I was alone in the car so I was like I allowed myself to cry okay so I was allowing myself to cry and I was praying um praying to God you know I said God I mean you know look I had to be strong I know you you know you told me I had to be strong and I had to stand on faith that you know he'll be found but I was very honest with him and I said look I'm beginning to have doubts in my heart you know please you know don't let this day go by you know I, I need to find him so you know um, I was begging God once again, and um, I was having a kind of a crisis of faith moment. Um, and there was one area that he just did not figure that he would really go, but it was a long stretch of road towards an airport, regional airport. And I turned down on that road, and it was pretty wooded, you know, two, very narrow, two-lane road. And I started driving down that uh, that road, you know, with the windows down like I do whenever we went around wooded areas. You know, that was going very slow, just yelling out his name, you know. And Sunday morning, I had already lost my voice, too. Wow. And um, because we had done that since nonstop. Whenever we get around an area, you know, we were yelling out his name, um, you know, so that he would hear us, you know, possibly and maybe come out, you know. So I was driving down this road. It's about going down the road about three miles, yelling out, you know, his name. It was a long road. Um, And then I came out to this about 90-degree turn bend. And as I was approaching that bend, I saw a deer come out. And what just as before I had come to that area, 
I was praying. I said, God, I need I need some comforting from you. I need to know that you're listening to me. I don't want to doubt you, but just because I'm you know having a crisis of you know faith moment here, please send me a sign. Okay, that's what I exactly just prayed. And a deer come out of the woods, right? And I was like, well, I mean, deer come out of the woods, no big deal. <laughs> not even thinking that this is a sign at all, not at all. Well, the deer comes out and is standing at that corner, and I'm slowing down because it's a 90-degree turn. And on the side where the deer was out on, three cars come, you know, blazing fast, just, you know, passing through that area. <laughs> and they go past him, and he doesn't get spooked, and he's standing there, kind of standing there just looking at me. And because he was looking at me, I'm like, okay, I come to a complete stop at that 90-degree turn. And I was like, this was funny because I didn't allow myself any breaks. I didn't actually stop to eat. Um, I didn't eat. I hadn't eaten anything throughout that time when I drove down there on Friday morning. You know, water, drinking, you know, water is about all I've done. And so really, you know, I was like, I actually, it was stupid of me. I don't even know why I did it, but I took out my phone to start taking pictures of, you know, the deer, right? So I'm taking pictures of the deer a couple of times, and, you know, the deer still doesn't go away. So I'm standing there, I'm like, and I just went ahead and started yelling out my dad's name while I was, since I was parked there anyway. The deer still didn't run away, okay? So I thought, at, at that point, I thought it was a little strange. So then I started driving away a little bit, and then I said, you know, something clicked in my mind. I said, you know, um, this could be that sign that I was you were asking for. And so then I said, um, I, I prayed real quick. I said, God, it's only been like 30 seconds. I'm like, God, I'm going to turn this car around. When I turn this car around, please tell, you know, please let the, if this is a sign from you, don't, you know, let the deer not be there anymore. And so in that span of time, I turned around. The deer was completely gone. And so at that point, I rolled up the window. And this was exactly around exactly around 7.30 in that time where I did this, okay? Um, so I rolled up the window. And normally, I would have, you know, screamed his name, you know, going down slow, but even going the other direction again. But I rolled up the window. Something just told me I, I, he's not here, right? And I was kind of in a hurry a little bit. I don't know why, but then I started driving down, and I drove past that area real fast. Then I got onto the main road on Highway 6 again, and I was at a – I tried to hit up one hotel that we did not hit. And then when I went up, walked up to it, uh, the office was closed, so I couldn't get in it. And – and then I walked over to the gas station right next door, and I was trying to talk to the attendant. While, the, while I was talking, the, uh, a cop had come in, and he's like, hey, I saw an email about this thing too. Have you found him? And he started asking me some questions, and I was – man, I got really choked up, and I couldn't talk to him anymore. And so I was, I was kind of bawling a little bit, and I stepped out of the, the deal, and I was like, dad, why haven't we found you yet? You know, And I walked up to the door and I grabbed my door handle and my buddy Hong had come down on Friday on Saturday to help with the you know deal. He spent the night and so he called me. He was asleep when I left the house, so he called me and I was assuming, you know, he was calling me to tell me, you know, tell me that he was awake and that he was he wanted to join me. So I answered the phone and Hong says, "Hey, uh 
they found your dad. And I mean, I was, I didn't know. I mean, all I remember was him saying that. And I was like, where? Tell me where, right now. You know, and he's like, a hospital, or EMT. He's like, whoa. And I'm like, where? And then I'm starting the car and I'm backing out. And, you know, he's like, hey, hey, why don't you come down and come join us to the house? And, you know, I was about, you know, eight miles away from the house. And I'm like, no, tell me right now what hospital were, you know, was. And my brother was on the phone with the uh, police officer. So he was relaying the message to Hong. And, you know, in a, in a few seconds, once I got on the, back on the road, he's like, no, he is at North Eldridge, uh, north of uh, Tanner on North Eldridge. And I was like, I know exactly where that is. I got myself familiar, you know, driving all around that area in a couple of days. So I got on that road, man. I just drove like a maniac, you know, getting up there. And, um, well, exactly the time that he had gotten the call was 7.53. My brother missed the call, 7.53, and he called him back at 7.50, uh, was talking to him at 7.58. And uh, 8 o'clock was when Hong called me. So I drove up, and I, you know, I was on first on site to the EMT where the uh, EMT was with my father. Well, here's the here's the you know neat deal. Once we sat down and we were kind of putting the pieces together in the timeline, my father was found at 7:30 around exactly around 7:30 you know time by the police officer. They had to wait for the EMT and by the time that the EMT had come and was starting to treat him uh, you know, and he was calling him was, you know, was eight o'clock. And so, you know, call it, you know, call it weird, you know, call it superstitious, call it whatever you want to call it. I know for a fact that the, you know, that the, my encounter with the deer and all that happened at the time that he was being found. Fascinating. Wow. I, I told my mom that story, both my, my parents and, um, my mom, uh, she started tearing up and got yeah. goosebumps. Yeah, it was, I mean, so, it, you know, you, you got to understand, you know, we've been looking for it nonstop, you know, for, you know, for those days. And so, of course, I got to the site um, and to the, walked into the, um, yeah, I, I drove up and I parked my car in a certain way. And, you know, of course, I get out of the car and the police officer is like, hey, uh, we're in this neighborhood area. So can you at least move your car and park it behind me? I'm like. Really? You're going to make me get back in the car and do the, repark my car? You know? And so I got back in the car and I, you know, parked the car a little closer to his car so other people can get into the, you know, gated neighborhood area. So then, you know, they allowed me to walk into the EMT van. I walked in. My father kind of looked up. And then I just burst out crying. And I was like, Dad, it's me. And I hugged him. And he's like, oh, and then he hugged me and he was patting me and stuff. And then he goes, then he kind of pushed me away a little bit from him. And he looked at me, he's like, and then he had that look on his face, like, who are you? You know, and then I was like, dad, it's me, your younger son, you know, June. And then like a split second later, he's like, oh, you know, I'm, I live, I live, you know, and he was telling me, this is Uh-oh. my son, you know, and. And I hugged him, and I was crying with him for a little bit. And I was like, and I sat down, and I was like, and I was like, man, I bet I look pretty foolish to all these people, you know. And and I was like, you know, guys, I I haven't seen my dad at that time. I thought my calculation, I thought it was twelve years. I was like, I hadn't seen my dad in twelve years. 
and all the deputies, everybody, EMTs, they were all tearing up, you know, because it was like a reunion. I didn't want my first reunion with my dad to be like that, you know? Well, you won't forget <laughs> it. It'll be memorable, you know? Yeah, I know. Well, but, the you know, we were talking about it a little bit later on, too, but, you know, since the last time my dad sent me, you know, I had gained uh, close to 30 pounds. You know, I hadn't shaved in several days, you know, scruffy, got a baseball cap on, uh, you know, <laughs> he just didn't recognize me. He was a stranger, you know, as far as he was oh, concerned, you know, talking to him. So, <laughs> you know, it, it was it was a pretty wild reunion, you know. So and, you know, a few minutes later, my brother had, you know, arrived with my mother. So uh the wow. EMT said uh EMT uh, you know he had sent me down he was telling me how uh my father father's vitals were great and then in fact his blood pressure had shot up when i arrived and you know we were hugging he said but that's okay because that's an expected thing you know <laughs> um but then you know beside from that you know we were he's in great condition and even after my brother had gotten there and we were talking, the uh, EMTs advised us, hey, hey, really, you could take him to the hospital, but, uh, you know, he's, you know, as it looks like his dehydration, he's able to drink the water and keep it down as long as, you know, he drinks him, you know, slowly and, you know, drinks and, you know, gets something to eat, get, give him a nice bath. You could really take him home. But they said, you know, you take him to the hospital, all we would really do is to plug up an IV, but look, you know, he's getting rehydrated just fine, you know? And so, um, I mean, that was, you know, that was one thing that we were praying for is like, look, you know, God, I mean, just, you know, just keep him, you know, sustained, you know, in good health. Um, and, you know, sure enough, I mean, you know, he actually came home with us, you know. They, of course, made us throw away his uh, shoes. They said it's nasty, buy him a new pair, and that's fine. Okay. You know? Did he still have the Saipan jacket? This is the crazy part. Um, <laughs> he lost the jacket the first night. No! And, uh, yeah, and I think what had happened is that the... The guy uh, with the shotgun probably has it. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. I mean, we, you never know. We don't, That's the part of the story we would... We wouldn't be able to confirm, right? Or, but the thing is that he didn't. Ha- he lost his hat. He had a bright yellow hat. He lost that. Um, he lost the jacket. So, even if people were to spot him, all he had on was the green colored jeans that he was wearing. You know, it was tore up bad. I mean, he was bruised up bad, tore up, and bites all on one arm. That's Are we the talking arm that like he- uh, Bill Bixby after he changes back from the Hulk kind of look? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, no joke, because he, all he had left on was a, a white T-shirt, you know, the undershirt that, you know, was pretty tattered, you know, badly, you know, tore up. Wow. Because he got caught up on some bar, you know, barbed wire sometimes. You oh, know, my gosh. And so, um, you know, uh, he's all his shins, all up down at his shins, and his knees were cut up from tripping, getting caught, and, you know, tripping and falling, and... Uh, in the you know in the dark walking in the woods so um, you know he was in pretty bad shape but you know and he laid on his left side so his left arm was had empites all up and down oh. and you know he found himself cold in the evenings but what had happened and he lost his watch too so I mean of course we would have liked to you know I mean not like to but you know it would have been 
you know, our initial thought was like some bum had, you know, found him sleeping, you know, took his jacket and his watch, right? That's the only piece of jewelry he had left on him. Okay. So, but uh, from his story, we were pretty sure he was in the woods, you know? So, you know, he, we think what had happened is that because he has that little bit of forgetfulness with the, you know, slight dementia, um, he, um, we think he took it off when he laid down the first night. Okay. Uh, because that was a part of his habit, right? And um, and then uh, I think, uh, you know, he never found it again. So um, Brad and I were on our way down Sunday morning, and, uh, of course, we were coming down to help you. But um, what I really uh, wanted to do was, you know, a situation like that is so devastating, potentially devastating at least, uh, certainly tense. Um, so I wanted to come down and uh, lighten the mood up with some jokes. All right. So I had uh, procured a, a number of jokes I was going to tell, and um, should I just go ahead and hitch with a couple of them? Uh, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, so uh, so June, uh, what do you call a preoccupied bean? Preoccupied bean. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. Kong BG. <laughs> really? You did some research for this one, yeah. huh? Hey, what do you call a smelly bird? Smelly bird. Korean. Uh, don't know. Nimse. <laughs> oh, that's really good, actually. You would have made. You would have made. You would have made the his, oh, his that whole funny. thing be great. What did the small fish say when he got eaten by the big fish? Uh, oh know. dang! Oh dang! <laughs> Man, I wish I spoke <laughs> Korean right That's now. Pretty... Those last two were so incredible. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then, right. you know what, Bill? I'm we're not going to explain the joke. We're not going to explain the joke. Because me, baby. I totally have a nice... There's nothing worse than, you know, explaining a joke and ruining it. I <laughs> totally have a nice uh, June Bob laughter drop now. <laughs> That's going to be nice. Oh, and so anyway, I, I had a million. Hit him with another one. Hit him with one more. Hit him with one more. Go ahead. Hit me. Hit me. You have <sighs> one more. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I've got a million of them. No, I've just pick a... one. Okay. Yeah. Don't do a million. Only, we only right. have a few minutes left. What did the bread say when it ran into the wall? Uh, let me see. No, I, 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 I want to hear yours. Okay. I don't know. I can't think of it. Bang. Bang. <laughs> it actually, it's supposed to say bang. Bang. Okay. Bang. Yeah. So Very nice. That's Very awesome. nice. That is awesome. And you know what? Uh, that is really good. Now, I, I don't. I won't even venture to guess where you <laughs> picked these things up from. But that hey, was awesome. And you know what? I'm not going to say. So I know. Uh, yeah. And you know what, though, Bill? You you did mention. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, and you know, to every single person, I I know that I was tweeting like a madman. Yeah. And I know you guys all had to bear with me a little bit. You know. Because I was just hitting up both Facebook and you know Twitter like crazy on any nothing comic book related, right? But right. for several days. But I, there were so many people that stepped up and helped helped out, even online. You know, um, I mean, I, I just don't know what to say. You know, I am so grateful for every single person's help. And, you know, not to mention you know guys like you that were, you know, you and Brad that were willing to come down to you know help me search. You know, and, and, and Frank's defense, we uh, asked. I asked Frank to go. I, yeah, and he had a work commitment that he could, exactly. could not no, get I, out of. That's exactly what I was. I knew, and I wasn't expecting anybody to show up. And well, I, I knew among my friends that you guys 
if you had you know did not have any obligations that you would be more than willing to come down to help you know and five hours that. to Houston is I know is not a drive that I would I want know. to do just for the for the <laughs> heck of it but I know it exactly you know, and, and and that's why I just I was felt so like great. I had to had to do something I know even it. if we just drove down there and hung out and, with you and, you know, and I know that Bill mentioned, you know, a little bit earlier, like he was a little bit, you know, kind of sully about the fact that I, you know, I asked you guys to go ahead and turn back, you know? Well, but, we pulled over and yeah. uh, once we heard from you, yeah. but see, here's the deal. Here's what happened. I'll, and I'll make this quick. We got a phone call from, no, I got a text message because I had your Facebook posts yeah. sent to me as a text message. Yes. We got a, a, a text message and then F- Frank called me a minute later, which by the way, I've never heard Frank as emotional as as he was when he I called know, me. You told me that, sure. and I appreciate that. No, I'm serious. <laughs> and then, and then I got two more text messages from two different people saying, "Hey, they found um, uh, J- June's dad because they knew because we had tweeted or something that we were on the way down." And um, but anyway, it was um, it was w- so we pulled off. We waited until we heard from you. You were kind enough to call. Yeah. So we pulled off, and then. You know, we we called our our respective better halves and you know kind of filled them in and and Bill yeah. goes, well that was a bit anticlimactic, yeah, in, in the best possible way of course. <laughs> well, and you know what, I was so glad that I called Bill and you and you know you and you know stopped you guys from coming down because I did not want Bill to come all the way down just to waste his time looking for my grandfather, you know. Oh who yeah, is, you know, long gone and you know buried you know overseas. Apparently, oh yeah, yeah. Apparently, right. Bill had referred to June's father as his grandfather over and over again. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> no. I was kind of thinking it was like it was like from your kid's perspective, it was his grandfather. Yeah, that's grandfather. See, Bill knew what he was talking about the whole time. <laughs> okay, from my son's perspective, right? Yes, yeah, that's, that's what I meant the whole time. I, I knew that, <laughs> and so. Um, again, just to summarize, he's. Hey, I was willing to come down to look for apparently someone who's been in the grave for a while. So right. that, yeah, yeah, that exactly. says something. I appreciate that. Found him. I love you. Your dad's <laughs> fine. Yes, he is in great health, and and since he's been up here, um, uh, you know, he's been up here since last Wednesday, and um, and this Wednesday and past Wednesday, and so uh, both my mom and dad, you know, it's been good, you know, us catching up with him and. You know, they've uh, he's recouped, you know, recouped quite well, and um, he's in great health. Even in his mental health, uh, he's been doing excellent. Is I he mean, around? He, Can you put him on the on the Skype? No, unfortunately, they're not. Um, they're not around. And uh, I, I love you guys, but I wouldn't uh, put him on the phone uh, or anything. <laughs> it probably you because uh, give um, him a okay. You know, me. You know, you know my gift of gab. Okay, that right. you know, I got that from my father and. Now that, you know, he's at his age, uh, you know, one of the greatest pleasures of his life is to, uh, you know, talk. So, you know, unless you, you know, you want to, you want somebody to beat, you know, beat uh, Bill at his game, his own game, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't put him on. Nice. Okay. Well, but he tell himself him, had expressed how much he appreciated you guys. You tell know. him we're glad he's he's fine. And we, I sure will. And I look forward to meeting him one day. Yes. And yes. His, his name is Gangbu? Uh-huh, Gangbu. Gangbu. Okay, well, uh, hope hope to meet meet Dad someday, and 
and recap his adventures. And uh, and I'm, I'm glad I'm your dad is there. His glad mad, everything well, worked out. His madcap adventures. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I'm grateful that you guys gave me a chance to go in and talk about this whole adventure for me. Uh, but I know that it made for one boring episode of your no, show, hey. so I apologize in advance. No, well, not were, in advance, in afterthought. There were plenty of people who, you know, were concerned. Yes. Yeah, you I know, mean, the, the LOD guys put out a special bulletin for you just to let you <laughs> – just let all of our listeners know. Anyone in the Houston area, I think Russ did that, where he uh, yeah. they pumped a you know a quick episode. Yeah, and Johnny it. M do one version for the adults, and Russell do for one for uh, you know people. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I know. I saw uh, Brian Deemer post something about uh, wishing he was in Texas so he could help. You know, that's cool. Help you I know. search or whatever. I know so everybody. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's so many. It was. I I tried a couple of nights after that. I tried to go ahead and try to at least respond and thank each yeah. person that helped me. But, I mean, there were so many people that didn't even know me on Twitter that had taken up. And I, you know, there was one person, uh, her Vivian, her name is like Vivian Mahoney or something like that. And I'm telling you, I guess she's a Korean. And so she really took it upon herself to say, you know, like, oh, my gosh, I don't know this person. But if my dad was lost, you know, I would really want him to be found, you know. And so she was... She was helping out so much, and she brought me so many helpers like that, you know, retweeted and retweeted. And and so there's countless people that I just cannot even – I can't go through all of them to even thank individually. It's just overwhelming. Yes, and the reason, obviously, Gene, that there were so many people that, you know, were involved and and gave a crap is because they love you. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I think, you know, we can all empathize. I mean, goodness gracious, if one of our parents were missing, you know. I know. It. It's crazy to think about. And, and you know, it's just it's crazy to think about. Well, let's talk about lessons learned in this whole thing. So what did we learn about letting your dad out? <laughs> Always make sure well, he has his wallet with him. Wow. That's, that's correct. Well, he... Uh, unfortunately, the uh, the complications that are involved in you know Alzheimer you know disease, um, you know with that comes a whole new set of you know complications. Uh, any any device, uh, any anything you attach on his person or he carries on his person, he can lose as easily. Okay, there was the case of his jacket, for example. Okay, he uh, one of the first things he did was to lose. So, yes, you you know when we you know as an afterthought, some of the lessons that we learned was, heck, yes, we need to watch him pretty closely. Um, and you know I I've been able to do that. My brother unfortunately does not have the you know capability to do that as well. But uh, we you know we learned not to you know not to let him out you know if 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 at all possible. We are also putting on a tag on him. A medical bracelet. Oh, good. But then eventually, we're also looking into as as much of a GP, even a, a GPS device. <clears throat> you know, um, in in all one hundred percent seriousness, um, people who yeah. suffer now there's different levels of dementia, Alzheimer's being yes, one of them. Yes, absolutely. Um, if it turns out that he is suffering from Alzheimer's, uh, Alzheimer's patients have this condition where they like to wander. Yes, they really absolutely. do like yes. to wander i actually years ago at, at my old job i used to uh i actually did a show and i worked with this architect and he was showing me the the new 
way of thinking with Alzheimer's patients, specifically Alzheimer's right. patients, yes. where they have designed uh, areas where they live to where they're very windy but okay. enclosed. Yes. So they don't go off campus. So they they mm-hmm. can still get their so they can still wander around and feel like they're they're lost, but never leave the compounds of their facility. We uh, we gave Frank a uh, double wide um, <laughs> just for that purpose at, uh, at yeah. work. And, and you know, nice. well, still, it'd be hours in between us seeing him sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But they always knew I was safe. Yeah, he's got to be well, here somewhere. The building's like almost 200,000 square feet. P- pretty interesting thing. Uh, in fact, a reporter from uh, Houston Chronicles had called us, and uh, the article is there. Uh, she was doing a research on, um, uh, you know, basically on what to do, what families are doing, and what kind of technologies they're reviewing to go ahead and, you know, help uh you know keep an eye out on their uh, alzheimer's you know disease you know kin and um yeah the, my you know my father's you know situation was kind of you know quoted and whatever my brother and i were researching on and all that stuff is actually on that article it was a few you know a few days back when it was posted but it's we checked it and it actually is even on their website too but yeah that's that's a lesson you know learned but you know you can't always always do that that's why we we just want to make sure that you know we can find a way and you know one of the things that we also learned you know with the doctors after having him taking him to the doctor's office for like a comprehensive checkup you know a person as an the older a person gets uh the more crucial it is for them to have a uh peaceful heart right and a peaceful mind and a, a not be stressed you know um any type of uh you know really extremely stressful situation which what uh, which what my father and you know and my mother was kind of in for a while there really put a lot of pressure on them and you know when we as soon as we changed the lifestyle immediately uh for them while they were even down here you know they you know my father has shown incredible difference you know in the way his brain functions and his mind you know things and he has no absolutely not even hasn't even had not had an inclination of wanting to wander off or walk away okay. uh, because, you know, he's, he's feeling like he's actually a pretty productive part of a, you know, a fan- functioning family. Um, you know, things like that we learned. Uh, another thing we learned was that uh, on the side of, like, what that person had done, it's good for you to, for people to want to help. But in situations like this, this information is, is actually even more damaging than no information. Yeah, misinformation, okay. absolutely. And so this whole misinformation thing had, you know, forced us to widen our search and, you know, exhaust our, you know, our resources beyond what we should have been, you know, concentrating on. So, um, you know, and then and then another lesson we learned, uh, there was a, a guy, whenever this whole news went on, on an online forum, Somebody had posted it, and some guy had gotten on there and said, "What kind of idiot and you know careless idiots would you know let an Alzheimer's disease person just wander off by himself? These oh, person ought to be caught and you know flogged and all that stuff." Well, I think that person learned the lesson just simply because of all the response from you know the other people. So we didn't even have Good. to bother responding to it. But by gosh, don't be an idiot just because you're on the internet, and if you don't know. The situation of you know a, a person you know and apparently the person has never encountered someone with an Alzheimer's disease, right? And, That's right. another good audio drop from Jim Bob. <laughs> Don't be an idiot just because you're on the internet. 
And it's and, true you know, too. But it's true. So yes. So you know, feel the lessons learned, and so and 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 look. Uh, just because you're, an, I, I realize just because you're an, you know, you come from an Eastern cost, you know, custom, you know, custom, you don't necessarily, uh, you don't necessarily are good to uh, your elders. I realize this now. World is changing, and I've seen Western people actually be far more kind to their uh, elders than <laughs> I've seen some of the Eastern people do, and I'm I'm ashamed to admit it because we're the culture that was known. You know, for you know, for that, and you know, uh, it's not necessarily the case anymore. And and you know, a true you know makeup of a person, you know, really, I think, and a true um, true uh, gauge for the uh, the moral fiber of the society is you know is shown in how they treat their weak and their old, right, and their young and yeah. defenseless. So uh, I, I'm I'm infinitely grateful for what the you know whole city of Houston you know and that whole county sheriff department and what they were doing and even the Laura Craft you know Laura Laura Recovery Center people you know it's um and I think their website is like lrcf.org and man I, you know my heart broke for those people and because they helped us so much my brother and I uh, we're you know we're willing to go ahead and now you know, sign up and then, you know, do what we can to go ahead and help those people, you know, find other people that are lost, you know. So a lot, lot of lessons learned and a lot of good things that come out of it, too. Cool. Well, I guess do we want to leave it at that? Yeah, sounds good. Okay. Well, Gene, Bob, it's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Um, I'm we'll so see glad you. your family's uh, we'll see you in a few weeks, right? Yes. Uh, in May, yeah. I, I am definitely planning on being up there. Coming over so for the – First Dallas Con at the new Irving Convention Center, which looks May like it's twenty first. Yeah, Sweet. it's gonna be it's gonna be good times. You and improved. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, uh, with that, let's wrap up. Um, I'll keep it short, guys. Thanks so much for listening to a half hour wasted. Proud member of the HHWLOD network. Uh, be sure to check out the website hhwlod.com, and thanks to our sponsor, uh, dcbservice.com. And until next week. Hey, um, I'm uh, Bill. I'm Brad. And I am Frank. And June Bob, you take care. And we'll see you next week on Half Hour Question.